This is Project WWWN, hosted by Isaac Davenport and Gary Hamrick Jr. Project WWWN is an exploration into the character development, world building, and game settings that go into developing the best possible creative superstars for current and future wrestling games. The World Wide Wrestling Network is a digital wrestling show co-promoted by Isaac Davenport and Gary Hamrick Jr. The WWWN has a deep backstory that has barely been realized on Twitch or YouTube. In our Making Mythology segments, we will discuss the current world that our original characters inhabit. We will also talk about the histories and timelines of the promotions that make up the modern WWWN and consider how the series will handle the tropes and genre of professional wrestling. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Project WWWN. I'm Isaac Davenport, and with me is Gary Hamrick Jr. And we are here to do a quick Making Mythology segment that is kind of a different route than what we normally do with this segment. This is going to be the first of what we're going to be calling our sort of road two episodes and these road two episodes are going to kind of involve a number of different things it's going to be talking about the setup to the return for the worldwide wrestling network and also going into our plans for what we are calling our overarching story for what we have planned for each of the series that we're going to be doing with the return to the Worldwide Wrestling Network. So with that, Gary, I think that it's time that we officially make it announced that yep. the Pro Worldwide Wrestling Network is coming back on 2K22. Well, and and we've kind of we've kind of been beating around the bush about that. We've kind of been teasing it, suggesting it, but yes, it is official. We are planning, we are planning to make a full comeback, if you will, into the digital wrestling promotion landscape. We might be doing a few things different this time, as I understand it. Yes, and that's sort of what we wanted to kind of talk about, and also kind of have this conversation between the two of us between how things are going to be different with our digital wrestling promotion versus what some other feds are doing because we are attempting to go about this in a very different experimental way that we hope we'll be able to produce interesting and consistent content. Now, notice that we're not saying constant content we are saying interesting and consistent and that leads us to kind of what we've done in the past in the yeah. past we tried too hard <laughs> don't you think gary well we we did a couple of things we did try to run like three shows a week that you know like active shows the way you would run a smackdown or a raw brand we had melee and Cyclone Saturday. And then we had, a, you know... We had Glow, and we had uh, cross, uh, Crossfire. 
which we never really ran much with Crossfire. We we focused on Glow, Cyclone, and Melee. And even then, by the time we got, I mean, six months into that, we were both experiencing different degrees of burnout. Yes, very much so. Uh, creatively, just timing-wise, there was also stuff going on personally with both of us that just things wound up being, hey, we need to pack this in and see what happens with 2K20. And then 2K20 was a dumpster fire. Right. And that just killed morale for us to want to create. And even when I got the bug to want to come back and we started building characters just to say, hey, let's create our characters, do a couple of tournaments, do a couple of shows, get the feel back. Or let's see what we have, you know, on 2K20 that, you know, be a positive for the next game. And, right. and there were some positives there. And then uh, I lost my save. I had yeah. created roughly about 20 characters fully complete, ready to go. And, and uh, between and that... We had, and we had another issue where we couldn't get caused to one another. Right. And, and that was partially because of... The glitch in the game where we had things unlocked, but but it wasn't wasn't registered that it was unlocked, and so when... Not just unlocked. Yes, yes. And and that was something that just, you know, when you, and I mean, we tried to do what we could do for just some test, you know, test calls here and there. You know, batting some ideas around with the format we're using to create cause, but it wasn't really worth trying to do any degree of regular content, and we knew that. However, when you were, by the time you were going back to put Michael Maverick, for example, and Encantadora in various promotions like GWW, I had already deleted all of my most recent versions of Gaz, of Chloe, of Cody Masters, of anything that I had had, basically. I had some older versions at best, and that has created a plethora of issues for me trying to even go back to 2K19 to get my... But all of that aside, we are planning to come back with a very altered schedule. We are going to continue our podcast. We have been getting, we feel that we are getting better and better with the podcast. We feel that we have really kind of hit our stride. We've been working with different promotions. We've been having people reach out to us for guest spots. We have plenty of stuff that we can farm with our own Making Mythologies episodes. And with that, the podcast is going to be a part of what we're doing with WWE and going forward. However, we do miss the live digital wrestling show, the ETHED aspect of this community. And we are going to be basically bringing back our Worldwide Wrestling Network, ETHED, for lack of a better word. We like the term digital wrestling show because we're not doing this to be competitive. We're doing this oh. as a story-based show. Here's the other thing, though, and, and I know EFED 
suggest, you know, a certain level of competitiveness, but even my original familiarity with eFed, it was this was a this was a fantasy fed done via email. And the forum. I may be showing my age a bit there. But you see, <laughs> that is kind of exactly what we are trying to get back to with what we're attempting to do. Right. We have a nearly fully formed universe with characters that aren't even wrestling characters. They are just people that could be involved in corporations. We have, de like with the Disciples of Apollonis, we have a whole kind of background on Apollonis and his followers, where they come from, how they are able, what their plans are in wrestling. Okay, we have a, a deeper landscape of what we're trying to do. The same goes for, for Gaz Corvin and most of House Corvin, for that matter. Right, and so what we're really attempting to do is we want to basically think about this as almost like a Dungeons & Dragons campaign where we are creating these non-player characters. We are creating... Michael Maverick is a non-player character. As Corvin is a non-player character. And yes, we will be interacting with these characters on stream. They will be a part of the show. But our featured characters, the actual playing characters, the ones that we are going to be building stories around, are going to be who we're going to call our featured performers. These are the people from the community, folks who want to be a part of the roster, and that will be our kind of what the EFAB will refer to as their traditional roster members. The reason that we are using these different terms is because we're not thinking about this anymore as a realistic wrestling show. We are thinking about this more as this is wrestling content with a story. And that's because we are taking a lot of influence from two of Gary and I's favorite promotions for very different reasons that have been, that popped up in the last five years. And one, unfortunately, was, went away way too soon. The first is the studio wrestling aspect of NWA Power. So, Gary, kind of enlighten folks about studio wrestling, because you kind of have that perspective. Yeah, I, well, I, I do have a little bit of knowledge uh, on that. So, in the, I mean, and, and I can, I'm speaking from the Atlanta area. We, we have a uh, couple of different studios in Atlanta, a couple of different promotions that produce content. And a couple of different studio setups, or semi-studio setups in some cases, where they are producing, you know, some sometimes it's they're producing weekly wrestling content. That was what WCW did on when they were first becoming WCW. Right. They were going from the Crockett promotion ownership to the Ted Turner ownership. You also had the studio setup of something like Superstars of Wrestling, which... They didn't produce their own content. They showed content from around the country from various promotions. Now, we will not be going that route necessarily 
but we will be showcasing performers from around the call universe or the call community. Yes. So, and another thing that another studio one that is near and dear to me was NWA Wildside. We're doing something similar to what they did in that they shot content twice a month. They had two shows a month. But those two shows were broken down into two television episodes, for example. And so we're going to have like our weekly show, let's say the first and third week. I don't know if we're doing it first and third or second and fourth or whatever. Right. But we're doing that one week and then we'll be doing content via the podcast the second week, correct? Yes. And so we'll be alternating with our live digital wrestling show for that WWN content the first week the alternating week will be our podcast where we really hope to have our building legend segments with our featured characters so that we can give our cause and their creators the opportunities to really introduce themselves to our viewers and to a wider audience. And to a wider audience, because like we've said in previous episodes, our goal for this is, yeah, we want to create our own content, but we also want to signal boost what other people are doing. And so by doing this this way, it's giving us an opportunity to have our digital wrestling show, to for me to be able to put on the Remarkable Randall Reigns voice again to be able to call wrestling content that I like doing to work with Gary and eventually other bookers to come up with storyline content and essentially do this bi-weekly wrestling show that is supplemented by the work that we've been doing already on our podcast format. I'm going to interrupt one second. That isn't to say that we will not be having any other content on those off weeks. I, I and I, I just I bring this up because of some plans that I have personally, some things we've talked about that we're not quite ready to announce yet. And um, and there are some things that I think that we can briefly talk yeah. about as far as the plan because and you I, and I have already been in discussion regarding specifically one night only or exclusive YouTube content that would be premiered as watch-alongs, as basically 45-minute to hour-long episodes of things that are meant to be edited, profiled, put together as a complete episode instead of just the live feel. And those YouTube-only projects are going to be kind of like house shows. They're one-offs. They are things that are not necessarily going to connect really to what is happening on the live show. It's just opportunity to produce more content and to reach out and bring in characters from potentially other feds that may want to work with us to bring them in on a one-night-per basis to kind of tell a one-night story or a tournament or a series or a trios. Something to be able to do a fun kind of, hey, 
we've got this content. Let's do these dream matches. What can we produce with what we've got? And we've got a few other things on that route that we're not ready to, get to announce too much of yet. No, but another, no. another thing that we've done in the past that I, I think it's safe to say we are going to be doing some of it on those off weeks. And that is doing some creation streams. Yes. I, I mean... I, I personally like being able to go into the creation suite and just mess about with some stuff and chit-chat about whatever is going on in the wrestling world. I mean, it, it's, you know, I, I'm usually a little out of date these days about what is going on, but I, I sometimes try to keep up and, you know, just discuss ideas with people for their cause or, or whatever, you know, we come up with on those streams. But, you know, something to discuss that content, to discuss the inspirations and influences that make people, you know, us and others interested in doing them. Yes, and the other thing is that we might be doing that I have a particular interest in is with uh, the new universe superstar mode of being able to kind of take and build a story in universe mode and then play through it as a superstar. This is something that we might be looking at to do character profiles with in kind of shorts that, again, are not necessarily going to be uh, a part of the greater storyline that we're doing with our live product. And, but and, there, it is content and, that will add to the understanding of the world that we are attempting to build with right. the Worldwide Wrestling Network. And and one thing that we'll probably also do, or at least I will, I don't know about you, I mean, I'm I'm liable to take some of our cause and put them in exhibition matches with some of the characters in the game just to goof off. Or, or, you know, do some other or random stuff like that. I mean, it's, you know, stranger things have happened on that front. So now back to our how we're really focusing and how we're trying to be a little bit different than other feds. Like we said, we are viewing this more as this RPG, classic E-Fed, story-based, immersive world game. That's how we're attempting to set this up. This means that we're probably not going to be really going live with digital wrestling content until probably middle of April. And because we need time to set up some of the characters that we want to have that are WWE and originals, we want to make sure that we have a clear focus and understanding of who our featured players are going to be. And But with that, we want to make sure that we are using our content to elevate these featured players in a way that makes them know that they are not just being dropped into a universe mode to get destroyed by our characters. They are, we are building our characters on levels, whereas the... Featured characters, they are going to be built at an overall of 85. Our characters are going to be at tiered build levels from 65 to 72. And the, that, that 85 may change. That may, yes. 
on the overalls in the game currently, that may change. Right. Um, we we may things. boost that to 90 after we do some testing on how we feel about the responsiveness of the attributes in the characters. There will only be four WWWN originals who will be built at the main event level. And those four will actually alternate. They will not necessarily be the same because we want to, we really want to showcase new characters across the board. We want to showcase our featured players and we want to showcase new creations that we have been building as well in this universe that we have been developing. Now, with that being said, that I, leads us to... Yes. We skipped, there's something you skipped over a minute ago. Okay, go for it. We were mentioning NWA Power. Oh, I that's forgot, right. I forgot to mention Lucha Underground. So that's right. So and, the and other... You're more familiar with Lucha Underground than I am. You know, our, our other influence, and this is going into that immersive world aspect that we're talking about, is what people really forget is that Lucha Underground, despite its setting in this broken down warehouse that was referred to as the Temple, that was studio wrestling. It was done in front of a live audience, not in an arena, a more intimate setting, and Beyond that, it's doing exactly what we're attempting to do, creating a world and a mythology that people can pop into and do things a little bit differently, tweak their character if they want to, or come in as they are and see how our universe affects them, how, they, how well they do as a featured player in the World Wide Wrestling Network. Now, basically what this means is that we are going to be taking influence for at least some decent levels of long-term booking. Now, we're not looking to do uh, six-month stretches. Our plan is we have four big events that yep. we are going to You're showcase. That we're, yes. Our four big events are going to be, basically, we're titling these series finales, okay? These will happen after every 14, 13 episodes, okay? The 14th episode will always be a two-part series finale. Now, sometimes these will be live, sometimes these will be uploads. It really just depends on timing and build. We would like some of them to be live, but due to the nature of some of our plans, some of these things are going to have to be pre-recorded in order to help with the stories that we're attempting to tell. And the idea of this is we want it, we're going, with our Road 2 series is that we're going to be doing. Every time that we start a new season, we are going to basically sit down, record on the podcast, and essentially tell you, this is the plot. This is the pitch. This is what we're building to with our major storyline for this series of 13 episodes. 
This is what we're building to. Now, these plot points are things that is just the overarching arcing plot, what we're calling the follow plot. Okay? This is what we're building to. We don't necessarily have any specific characters in mind yet. It's just, this is where we're going. And then we want to play our featured players. Those are the people who are going to get the first shots. And then we'll fill in some of those holes that, if there are any, with WWWN Originals. But we want our featured players to get those roles first. Now, we will go through an example of this with our second part of our uh, podcast, which is going to be basically the road to our first season finale. Which is called Succession. Yes, and we are super excited about that. But before we take a look into that, I want to finish up and establish just some of our rules for what we're doing with our show. So, like we said, we are looking for featured players. And in this, we are looking for 20 to 30 characters. Okay? We're looking for 20 to 30 cause who want to be in a featured role in our universe. And with that, that means that they're going to be interacting with our WWWN originals as well as the other featured characters. Now, so we're not really thinking about this as much as a roster, as much as we are thinking about this as an RPG pen and paper campaign. Gary and I are not really bookers. Yes, we are trying to tell a story and we're making the matches, but what we're really doing is we are essentially putting your featured characters, your calls, in situations where you are either going to be successful or not successful, just like any dice roll of a pen and paper RPG. And yeah. while we're not going to require a D20 dice to participate, at least we're not planning to initially, uh, if we're irritated enough, we might. Show us the dice! Show us your rolls! We can't be rolling flat natural 20s. But really, uh, the idea is we want to bring back the storytelling aspect of the classic Ethan on forums and old email and it's not that we are going to say wins and losses don't matter because they will in a sense because they help forward stories but at the same time how you react to wins and losses are going to be much more important than the win or the loss in itself now also with our featured players we would like those people who are part of the roster to join us on our building legend segments here on the podcast to give opportunities for all of us to really understand the character 
to go into the deep dive of the influences, the inspirations, the reasons for who they are. That way, that helps us as the bookers, as the DMs of this uh, story to really say, oh, oh, that, that gives us an idea for this match or they'll pair up against this person or this WWN original, and that can be an interesting story that we can connect into the overarching thing that we are doing leading to our series finale. Now, so, let's see. Is, is that kind of it, or are we missing anything? I think... We well, really yeah, haven't well, talked about our I, rules. Well, I was going to say, I didn't know if you were ready to adjust the rules yet. I, I was... As of right now, okay, our basic rules that we are setting up is essentially this, okay? We want people to first be aware that our WWN show is going to be a story-based stream that does have AI versus AI setup, okay? But for the purpose of storytelling, we will be using highlight reel and also editing potentially to help move stories along in directions that it needs to go as it is needed. Most of the time, Gary and I try to roll with the punches of what the AI versus does. But if we're trying to get to a specific point of drama, then there will be edited storytelling, but not necessarily edited match outcomes if we can help it. Now, also, the other thing is that we want people to be a part of their planning for their characters. Featured players will be responsible for communicating ideas about how they would like their character to potentially be used and this goes beyond, I want a title shot, okay? We need folks who are going to be looking at our WWN original roster and looking at the other featured players in the game and saying, how can we work to help build content? How can we work together to help tell a story that's going to lead to our season finale that we're trying to go to. As we addressed, we are looking at a build overall of roughly 85, okay? This is something that may be subject to change. Also, people will be able to submit at least two characters. We discussed that, right, Gary? Yeah. Okay, so tell our, our, our listeners about the character submission and kind of our thoughts on that like well for, first of all two characters that could be one male one female character that could be two uh, a male tag team or a female tag or just right. two separate male characters two separate female characters if you know if that's what you want right um, and the only rule that comes into it is that our tag team overalls Yes. Have to be between 85 and 87. And 87. Okay. And, and uh, we will talk about the reason for that a little bit we'll, later we'll on. We'll a little bit about that in a moment. 
now. As you mentioned, the debuting characters, and, and we're specifying debuting characters, at the moment should be set at 85. And something that we are discussing is after so many series that, that a person has been involved with the WWWN, we will allow a character to be bumped up to 90. Right. Basically um, solidifying them as a contracted WWWN performer. The idea is to kind of emulate what NWA Power does. They don't necessarily have all of their folks on contract. They bring people in to work shots, to work numbers of tapings, and they may be on and recorded for a series and go away and come back. They may be only featured for three episodes because they're going up against a champion or they're going doing a feud with a specific person. And so the idea is to kind of reward our folks who stay with us, who continue to have an interest in what we're doing and continue to support what we're doing both on the podcast and as our live wrestling product. The reason we mentioned the overall tag team uh, between 85 to 87 is we wanted to give an option for some for those long-term supporters, you know, the, the people that have gotten to the point where they have a character who is a 90 overall, to bring in somebody, to bring in like a new character, for example, who might be a rookie in the business, a protege of that 90 overall character. At least bringing in a debuting character that they want to work with, and they're built at 85, and so that they can still fit into our tag team criteria of 85 to 90. Now, like we said, these numbers might change. We might wind up building our debuting characters at 90, and our contracted folks at 95 that's just going to be i don't know if we'll put contracted as high as 95 but well it it, we'll just have to see what the attributes do based on what i've seen of the overalls of of the existing characters in the game we'll we'll probably be careful at who we set at a right we we typically do not like to go above 90 because there are not that many in-game characters that are going to be above the 90, and we like to keep some semblance of realism with what we're... And and with, you know, with some of the talent that, you know, we're seeing above 90 that are in-game default, you know, there there may, you know, there, there may be some stuff that we're looking at with with that uh, that guideline. So now, stay tuned for more information there. After our initial series of thirteen of our thirteen episodes, new additions to the roster will have to be active or engaged for at least ten hours of time. Okay, be about the average. What seems yes. to be about the average? That's letting us know that you're invested in the content that you are participating in chat, that you're learning who our featured characters are and who our WWE and Originals are. Interested in the content. Yes. Now, 
we also, despite us not necessarily using Twitch primarily as our main avenue of stream, it is going to be one of the easiest ways to kind of keep up with the hours that people watch us live. And so we are still going to require folks to be a follower of us on Twitch to be able to basically us to keep up with how much time you are watching our Project WWN live stream. Now, this doesn't necessarily mean that you're only watching our live bi-weekly product. You could be watching Gary on a creation stream. You could be watching me on a superstar walkthrough in universe mode. So this is because we are going to be using the Project WWWN to stream any of our WWN content, any of our wrestling content, then those 10 hours can be made up with anything when we are live. We are also going to be looking at a hard target rating of a PG-13, TV-14 level of, well, level of maturity. Okay, we want to be mature with what we're doing. We're not going TVMA. We want to be uh, semi-family friendly, but at the same time, we want to be able to hit on some themes of horror and dread and violence and things that necessarily would not be 100% PG or G-rated for kids. We are really looking at that we're really looking at that trying to hit that middle ground of being entertaining with our content without stepping over the edge. Well, we're not, well, we're aiming not to step over the edge. There will be some instances where we will be walking up to that edge. Yes. And, and spitting over it. Yes. <laughs> and this will include us adding aspects that some wrestling federations, especially digital, especially digital wrestling promotions, really don't like to deal with. This includes fantasy, horror, and supernatural gimmicks. That is written in, this is written into the DNA of what we've done in the WWN in the past. And while it is not a 100% fantasy or horror or science fiction, we do allow aspects of those characters to exist as long as we get a good story from it. We need a reason why a character is a horror-themed character or a supernatural character. We, in fact, have a character that we've used in the past named Big Frank. Big Frank is literally a Frankenstein. Now, he's really just a guy who thinks that he that's portraying a Frankenstein monster character. He's using a horror gimmick that was popular in Japan in the 90s. But on commentary and in the kayfabe of the WWWN, we sell it as he is a movie monster, in a sense. And that was something that was, you know, we, we bring up Big Frank specifically. There was a whole subgenre 
of wrestling gimmicks in the nineties that were horror movie themed. You yes. had a Fred, you had a Freddy Krueger. Yeah, you had Nightmare you had, Freddy. You had you had you had, uh, had a, a leather face gimmick. What that was super leather. Super leather was Corporal Kretschner and there, there was both, dude. Yeah. Oh, okay, that's right. Was, yeah. And then there's another one that you and that uh, wasn't in Japan. That was actually in the U.S. Beetlejuice. Yeah. Art Bar. And Art Bar did the Beetlejuice, and it started out as kind of a horror-based gimmick, and then changed to off, a, changed to a more kid-friendly gimmick. But it, it started off as a horror, as more of a horror version of what the uh, Michael Keaton Beetlejuice character was, and right. then kind of you know morphed and and. Uh, and we are willing to take on some of those things, even more so than others, because we have um, characters that can very easily fit into people's ideas, potentially, with horror, fantasy, and sci-fi for varying degrees. Uh, things beyond even, I mean, we we're mentioning those genres. You know, we're willing to explore a few other things as well. I've mentioned in a recent interview that we did with somebody about I, I referenced to no I think I think we were talking on a building a legend segment that with Chloe that I mentioned the Warhol superstars so yeah. it, even if it's something uh, of a cultural nature like that and I, I know when we were existing and doing 2K19 stuff I know I don't know if I should mention this uh, the Jinx did some stuff with us that definitely had a cultural reference of that nature. Yes, and that's yes. another reason why we we comment that, you know, we're, we're trying to stay within this PG-13, Young Adult 14, or TV-14, whatever it's called, rating, you know, that, that we're not, we're, we're going to be walking up to the edge, we're going to be, you know, spitting over it, or, you know, maybe doing something else over it. <laughs> With that being said, one of the hard and fast rules with what we're doing is for storytelling purposes is we need a clear gimmick and we need a clear backstory of these characters. And it's not necessarily that we're looking for people who are established in call. We are perfectly willing to bring in new folks or people who are just getting started or people who have new ideas. We're also willing... To help people build characters. Exactly. I was going to say, we're, we're honestly willing to encourage that because we don't mind helping people build and develop characters that they can take to other promotions. But with that, we need a clarity of what is needed. And the other thing, the, the other sides of that coin is that we're not looking for people to come up with copycats of in real life, pop stars or wrestling stars or movie characters or TV characters. We want people to take influences from these things potentially, but we're not going to create Seth Rollins Jr. and place him into the Worldwide Wrestling Network. We're not and going we're to. And we're not doing, definitely not doing Seth Rollins Jr. using Dolph Ziggler's moveset just for the heck of it. Right. We, we want people who are going to give their character some thought. 
like we've seen and had people on with building legends. We want people who have a clear idea of what kind of path their character walks, whether they are a heel, a face, or they walk that line in between, because that helps us to be able to tell, A, the overarching story that we're attempting to build to, and B, it helps us book the side stories that are also going to be featured on the season finales. And our side stories are going to be the things for our other championship belts. I think that we have contacted with Tristan Silva to create, I think, 12 belts. Is that right? Sounds about right. So 12 titles. We're going to be having our world heavyweight title. We're going to be having our junior heavyweight title. What other titles are we going to be having, Gary? We have tag team titles. We have at least one women's title. And we might have, uh, there's some debate on there being two, possibly three, but that, right. third, that third one might have an asterisk around it. And uh, we also we have our, our hardcore title, the yeah, Brass Knuckles title. Right. We have our title, which is going to be the on-demand title, because we're not on television. We are streaming on Twitch and using Twitter and using YouTube, and so it's going to be an on-demand title. Do we want to mention Streamio yet? We'll, we'll get there. And then the other title, like Gary mentioned, our Young Lions title, which is an opportunity for debuting characters who have kayfabe three years in wrestling in the business so these are characters that are supposed to be young okay these are supposed to be guys are are at least rookies rookies okay rookies while we're saying young while we're saying young we both know how old diamond dallas page right he was he was what 30 when he started Mid to late thirties or something. Yeah. I I forget. I know he was in his thirties. I just I forget the exact. So our our young lions title is meant twofold to give new people an opportunity, like people who are actually brand new to call, an opportunity to uh, test the waters and get a chance at championship gold. But it also serves an opportunity for people who have established characters who want to try something different, who want to bring in a new character, who want to test something out, to come in and say, I've got this rookie character. I want to put him in Young Lions, see how he does, and use it as a testing ground for what's happening with this character, to play this role, to put on this new persona. And that is the purpose of our Young Lions title and our Young Lions and so though our titles are also going to have threads that connect to what we're doing and building towards each of our season uh, finales. Now, that doesn't mean that every single title is going to be on the line at every season finale. We want to try to do that, but sometimes our finales are going to be so big that it's not, we're not going to have enough room for all of that to happen in that way that we would might want it to now 
And the other thing that we, last pieces that we have are basically the minutia of the building of the character in-game. And this is what we are keeping to right now. And this these can change, but this is what we're keeping to right now with uh, movesets and submissions and with OMGs and paybacks. So right now we are going to keep the same philosophy that we've always had with finishers and submissions in movesets. These are moves, but be smart with it. Okay? Use them, place them in the moveset, but we don't want a full-on finisher moveset. Okay? If we question you on a move, if you've got a reason for it, like Michael Maverick hides diamond cutters into his moveset, okay? It's a part of his gimmick. If you've got a reason for it, then tell us the gimmick reason, and most of the time we'll let it slide because storytelling, okay? It's your character. But if we see a character is doesn't have a lot of variety and we're worried that that's going to cause the character to not be successful versus other creations, then we'll probably mention it to you just for the fact that we want you to potentially to be more successful than that your moveset will allow you to be. Also, submissions. We will be allowing submissions, but submissions will be only allowed as either a signature or a finisher can't have a, sig a submission in both slots. Okay, that is just a system of fairness. We us even follow this with our own WWN originals that we slot it in. Okay, as either a fin or a sig. Not now. As far as moves that will be banned, we are going to be banning the power bomb into the Boston Crab because it is overpowered. We will be banning King of Swing because it's unnecessary. Okay, that is so focused on such a handful of characters that only a few people do. There's no reason for someone to be doing it. Also, there is a giant swing default in the game, okay, as a leg move, okay? So if you're looking to do that, use the giant swing in the game. Gary there. Now, then we're going to be, we're going to be banning triple powerbomb one and two, and we're going to be banning the outside superplex and multiple attitude adjustments and the unit can one stampede. Banned black banned paybacks. So we're going to be a little more flexible on paybacks than most other feds. We are going to put an asterisk beside blackout and poison mist. Okay. Right. These are going to be available, but we're going to ask people to also in the application to substitute and say what other payback do you want to use when we can't use Poison Mist or Blackout? When for storyline purposes, it wouldn't make sense. Well, and, and another thing is, 
you know, I, I personally think those type of, those particular paybacks should be kept, you know, big events. Big events, storytelling, big, big yeah. matches kept to a minimum. So yes. also the other asterisks that we're putting beside Poison Mist and asterisks is there has to be a kayfabe reason why a character has blackout and poison mist. Okay. Now it doesn't necessarily mean that the character is a supernatural character. Okay. For example, I'm going to give one for blackout and that Gary, you could probably give one for poison mist in Cantadora. Okay. And Cantadora isn't necessarily a supernatural character, but part of her gimmick is magic. Okay. And so one of the things that she might do from time to time is the blackout. Now, it's not going to be done in every match, but it's a way to do storytelling with the Encantador character. The lights go out for some reason. We try to hand wave it off on stream because we're trying to explain <laughs> what's happening. Encantador pops up behind her opponent. And the match continues. It doesn't necessarily mean that she's going to win the match, but it's meant to be a head game that she will be playing based on her magician-style gimmick. And I think Gary has an, has a example use, utilizing her with the Poison Mist. A couple of characters, yes. actually. For, for storyline purposes, some of the training that Gaz Corvin and Chloe Corvin have received over the years was in Japan. It's completely foreseeable that they would have picked up the use of the what what was originally termed as Asian mist or poison mist. The actual use of the Asian mist, not all of it was meant to be quote unquote poison. It, there were different colors of mist used for you know different effects in the match. If you go back and look at what the Great Muda and the Great Kabuki did specifically, those those mists had different effects. And, you know, we're limited to Poison Mist in the 2K games. I wish we weren't. There is the Blood Mist taunt. I personally would be okay with just the Poison Mist OMG if they would just let us pick the color. Oh, yeah. No, I agree. I agree. But, I mean, I'm just saying, there. yeah, there is the Red Mist taunt, but it's really... That's not in the same genre, so to speak. It's right. a taunt, not an OMG. But somebody who picked up a thing like that, you know, that it's relevant to where they trained or who they trained under, you know, that they learned that tactic, it, it's completely foreseeable. Uh, the same thing if somebody had, if they ever add throwing fireballs in the game, a baby powder, that, yeah. you know, there, there's a, there are wrestlers who were not supernatural wrestlers, but used those gimmicks, right. used those spots in matches. Right. You know, we just, we just want it to be justified, you know, for, for your character's backstory. We are also going to be taking a look at Runyon because we're just going to have to see how it's going to work. I think one of the main reasons that Runyon is banned is because sometimes people don't take the time to set up teams and managers and allies appropriately. Right. And so it that that's something that we really take seriously. And yes. so, yeah. And so we're probably going to 
test out Runian, so right now that's not going to be banned. Tank is another one that we're going to have to look at and test just to see if we're going to allow it. That might be another one that we allow with an asterisk. It has to fit a certain criteria for it to make sense for use. And Power of the Punch, I think, needs an asterisk. Power of the Punch will be an asterisk one because, one, if a person is going to compete in the Brass Knuckles uh, division, that's a requirement. That's a requirement in our universe. It is a requirement that they have Power of the Punch as in their OMG. And so, but we, we don't feel that Power of the Punch really needs to be banned. It's it's really comes down to like low blow. It's up to you. Do you want to risk being disqualified in a non-brass knuckles tournament setting? And, or a match that is just generally non, you know, no DQ. Right. Now, Move Thief, we are going to ban because the way that it unfortunately works is that it's not just Move Thief of finishing maneuvers anymore. It carbon copies someone's complete move set. And while I have a character like Shining Simon Sullivan, who would do that to get into the head of a character, it's a little bit overpowered. And also, if you've got Simon Simon Sullivan facing off against D-Block, yeah, Sullivan, who is a, a heavyweight doing super heavyweight maneuvers. And, when I, and I am being... When I'm calling Simon Sullivan, Simon Sullivan a heavyweight, he barely makes the mark. He is just I'd above say, light yeah. heavyweight. <laughs> I, I actually, I thought he was considered a light heavyweight a la Shawn Michaels. No, because uh, he's being upgraded. He's definitely, he's definitely on that little threshold between yes. light heavyweight and heavyweight. And another payback that we're going to have to look at to see if they have fixed the glitch is the finisher payback. Because one of the things that's happened in the past is that if you have finisher and you have fired up, when you use the finisher payback, it automatically gives you three fins. And that is unreasonable. So that is something that exists in 2K19 and 20. And and I'm... I'm thoroughly convinced that it gets used with people having full knowledge of the glitch. Right, which is why that right now, that that is what we are going to be banning. So right now, our outright banned things that we are not allowing on characters as far as OMGs and paybacks are Powerbomb the Boston Crab, King of Swing, Triple Powerbomb, Suplex to the Outside, multiple attitude adjustments in Unicorn Stampede, and then banned paybacks will be, but our asterisks are Blackout, Poison Mist, and Power of the Punch. We're going to have to look at running in tank, but outright banned right now are Move Thief and Finisher. Now, that kind of really kind of does with our rules. Our last little bit is just about custom music. We are planning on utilizing custom themes. We would prefer 
you to be able to send us those to a YouTube link in one way, shape, or form so that we will be able to more easily get a hold of those. When we get everything set up with our Discord, we will be creating a bank for our custom music for our characters that we will keep up to kind of have a playlist where individuals can post their themes. Just like with update windows, we're not going we are only going to allow people to update characters at the end of each series. Okay? And when we do an update at the end of each series, you may also be able to update your theme. Okay, but now, those are now, the only windows that we will have. I'll be at the gonna, end of every thirteen episodes. I'm gonna, I'm gonna raise an asterisk on that. Now, okay. Again, uh, we do not. I think I know what you're gonna say, but go ahead and say it. In regards to updates, if there is a storyline going on that you need, you know, you want to do a an attire for the final episode of the series that you aren't using the rest of the series, that's going to be an asterisk for us. Yes, that will be a communicate with us Yes, because this is a big event. And the big event attire or, you know, something relevant to the storyline. So, now, excellent. Now, guys, I think that that covers our rules. I think that it also covers our plan for how we are going to be returning. We're going to take a break and we're... Oh, my God! This is the Grind House, ladies and gentlemen! Ladies and gentlemen, are you ready for a war? Are you ready to see people survive? Are you ready for pinfalls? Are you ready for submissions? Are you ready for knockouts? If so, ladies and gentlemen, get your ass to the Grind House Every Saturday, 9 p.m. only on Twitch. Guerrilla Warfare Wrestling live on twitch.tv forward slash mcjinx. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Project WWWN. And we are been, we have been discussing the return of Worldwide Wrestling Network Live, the return of the digital wrestling promotion that Gary Hamrick and I have been planning for for several months, honestly. And we've dropped hints here and there, and we've let different people in the community know that we are attempting to resurrect this brand. And we have some very exciting plans that we've addressed some of them in the first half of our show and now we really want to get to the story of what we're attempting to do with our A plot for the return of the Worldwide Wrestling Network. But before we get started with that, we want to address one thing that we are doing differently compared to how we handled live streams in the past. We had previously been doing all of the WWN work only on my failed hero 1985 live stream and on on my personal twitch channel and because we want to a 
make more opportunity for not just me to stream, but for Gary to do a few things under the WWN project branding and also to reach a wider audience. We are no longer going to be using the Failed Hero 1985 Twitch channel as the home of WWWN. We have updated our old bot that was our Worldwide Wrestling Network online. We'll probably recreate it later so that we can have an appropriate bot in Streamlabs and, and uh, Chatbot. But we've taken that old bot name and we've renamed it Project WWWN. And that is going to be the home, at least the home base, of our live streams. But beyond that, we are going to be using a streaming division service called Restreamio. Restreamio allows for us to stream simultaneously on multiple feeds at the same time to use the same stream key to go live on Twitch, YouTube, and Twitter. And we can do this because our Project WWWM bot is not affiliated with Twitch. We do not have an affiliated contract, so we will be able to stream our content across the board. We would not now, be breaking any violations in Twitch terms of service. Now, what this also means is Unfortunately, you will not be able to subscribe to our channel. Well, um, they'll be able to subscribe. Exactly. They, they won't be able to subscribe. Be able to You'll subscribe. be able to follow. But you can follow the Twitch, subscribe on the YouTube, but you won't be able to, to be uh, subscribing on Twitch and get any subscriber benefits. That's an unfortunate side effect to what we're doing. But, you know, if I can be honest, we weren't making a lot out of the affiliate deal anyway. Right, and so what we're attempting to do is we're trying to first reach a maximum audience. This is an experiment to see who we can bring in from different communities, who we can bring in from YouTube, from Twitch, from Twitter, catching us on our live streams when we do them. The second thing that we're also attempting to do with this is if we do get to the place where we feel that we want to do subscriber-based things, we're simply just going to open up a Patreon or something similar because we feel that that is going to better serve the content and the variety of what we're attempting to do beyond just working on Twitch. And honestly, that would help us more directly with things than Twitch taking their percentage. In order to, and, and this is behind the scenes on Twitch, in order to actually get the money with the affiliate thing, you actually have to make so much within a given time period. And it resets after that. Right. And so... so beneficial to us. And, and while we are not in this to make money, we are in this to have if it became a thing where people wanted to so show support in different ways, and if we were able to come up with content 
that was beyond what we were doing with the live stream and with the and with the Spotify podcast, then this would give us opportunities to give selected content on our Patreon up front before we released it on YouTube. And so that is kind of in theory. In theory. Well, I was going to say, and in theory, there are other things we could do via via Patreon. Right. That um, it is practically impossible to do via the Twitch subscriber format. Right. With that being said, all that out of the way, let's get to what people are going to really want to hear as far as what is our pitch for our return story. So... This is the plot A, and this that is jargon that is used in development of series uh, to basically say this is the follow plot for this season, okay? People refer to this oftentimes as what is the big bad or the MacGuffin of the series. What is, what is the overarching plot of the season? Right. So, our first series is focused on our season finale that is called Worldwide Wrestling Network Succession. This is going to be a combination of classic WWF Survivor Series met with King of the Ring. Now, what we mean by this is in within our universe, we talked. We've done our making mythologies on the Worldwide Wrestling Network Championship Committee. We talked about how our different members of that committee were still part of, or still kind of holding on to aspects of the Empire Wrestling Federation and Dead or Alive Wrestling and Southern Premier Wrestling and the Independent Union. Well, to kind of pay homage to those leagues, our championship committee members, the storyline is essentially this. They are looking for individuals that have joined, debuted the Worldwide Wrestling Network who kind of fit the style of wrestling or kind of fit into the league that they represent so we have tom colt who's going to be looking for those former mma fighters and those pit fighters and those deathmatch wrestlers and those hardcore wrestlers to come in and represent dead or alive wrestling you've got bolt jameson who's going to be looking for folks who are luchadors or american indie wrestlers who wrestle more of a fast animated pace he's going to be looking for those to represent the independent union you've got kimiko nasan who's going to be looking for wrestlers who are going to be working a more serious shoot japanese wrestling style taken from that kind of they've spent time in japan or they were signed to the Empire Wrestling Federation. And then Gibson Ellis is going to be looking for that Southern-style wrestling spirit. Guys, in wrestling entertainment, okay? 
So what they're going to be looking for is eight wrestlers. Okay, they're going to be looking for eight individuals to kind of represent their brand in what's going we are calling the succession series. So that means that there's going to be eight individuals representing Dead or Alive Wrestling, eight individuals representing Empire Wrestling Federation, eight representing Southern Premier Wrestling, eight representing the Independent Union. Now, this doesn't mean that these individuals have ever been signed to a contract to these feds. They just represent how the members of the championship committee feel that they would be contracted under them. They, these would be people that they would seek out to be a part of their fed if their fed still existed independently of the Worldwide Wrestling Network. Where the Survivor Series aspect comes in is the Southern Premier Wrestling wrestlers are going to duke it out in a Survivor Series-style elimination match. The sole survivors of that match get placed and bracketed in the Succession Tournament. Same thing with Dead or Alive Wrestling. The eight Dead or Alive wrestlers wrestle in an elimination-style match. The sole survivors, the survivors of the winning team, they get bracketed, as well as the Independent Union and the Empire Wrestling Federation. Gary, are you with me so far? Yes, I am. Okay. Any questions? Is there something that I'm not explaining appropriately? Uh, no, I, I think we're. I think that was pretty well explained. Now that is night one. Okay, the elimination succession series is night one of succession. Night two of succession is the tournament and also any championship matches that may be on the card. Okay, so night two is where the individuals who were bracketed into the tournament will be facing off until we get to the final four. The final four, the quarterfinals, those individuals are going to be facing off against each other in a fatal four-way match for the brand new Worldwide Wrestling Network Heritage Championship. Now, the reason that's titled the Heritage Championship is because it is meant to represent the heritage of Dead or Alive Wrestling, the Independent Union, Empire Wrestling Federation, and Southern Premier Wrestling. Now, I've got a question for you. Yes. This sounds suspiciously like a, a thing that might be a little more than just a, a default title. Yes. It the Heritage Championship is what we are essentially is replacing a money-in-the-bank concept. This is not just a title. This is an opportunity. It is an opportunity for the wrestler who is the Heritage Champion to either defend that championship like any other championship, or they can let the booking committee know, let the championship committee know that they want to a shot at a title that in their mind might be a little more prestigious. They might want a shot at the world heavyweight title. They might want a shot at the junior heavyweight title if they meet that criteria. 
they might want to represent the spirit of dead or alive wrestling and go for the brass knuckles tournament they might want to be the opportunity to be on every single live stream and defend the challenge for the on-demand title they might want to get a partner and go through for the tag team championships now basically this is an open contract as long as the individual meets the criteria of the championship belt that they are attempting to go for and that they let the championship committee know two weeks ahead of time so that they can, one, book the match that is being requested and, and promote the match that's being requested and third, because I forgot it, to book the fatal four-way for the Heritage Championship that will be vacated when the current Heritage Champion cashes in that title. So our Heritage Championship is going to be a title that can be defended, can be challenged for. It can't Once it is won in the initial fatal four-way and a person is identified as the champion, it can be defended in any type of match. It can be defended in singles match, triple threat, fatal four-way. We're going to get creative with it so that this belt can potentially drive storylines, okay? So that we can keep contenders fresh for different titles, okay? It is our MacGuffin. It is our gift of the gods. And the idea is that at the end of succession, our heritage champion is a number one contender for a title. But we don't know until we come back. Yeah, we don't know when, until we come back for the next series which title they're going to be challenging for. Um, unless something unexpected happens. Right. I mean... Now, and that is kind of the A-plot of what we're going to be attempting to do with the first 14 episodes of Worldwide Wrestling Network Live. That is our overarching A-plot. And what we're excited about is that it really does give us the opportunity to debut new characters, to give them a reason to be in high-profile matches, okay, along with a handful of Worldwide Wrestling Network originals, and to be able to have these featured players instantly make an impact in their first 14 episodes. I think it sounds like a plan. Definitely sounds like uh, at least... 23% of the plan. I think it's a line from Guardians of the Galaxy. That being said, that is not the only plot that we are going to follow as we're building to succession. Of course, there will be people to have opportunities to challenge for potential titles. There will be opportunities for people to have a feud. But in this establishing first 14 episodes... We are more focused on establishing our featured players and their characters. The world building of the Worldwide Wrestling Network 
and building to the two-night succession season finale so that we will be able to hit the ground running over the summer leading into Battle Bowl. And that is a whole nother podcast. Right. Now, guys, if you would like to be a part of what we are going to be attempting to do with the World Wide Wrestling Network Live, if you want to join this federation, this digital wrestling promotion, if you want to be a part of this experiment that we are attempting to do, we already have an application ready. Now, we are very much aware that it is a fairly extensive application, and that is done with a purpose. It's so that we can meet the requirements of what we feel is necessary to be able to sell your character, okay? To be able to put that character on commentary when we are booking them in these matches leading up to succession. We are seriously hoping that people who have already been on our Building Legends podcast will consider potentially being a part of our debut season. Now, does this mean that they have to stick around? Absolutely not, because one of the things that we are planning to do that we hadn't discussed in this is this idea of a rotating roster. We want folks to be able to come in, do a series, leave, and come back. Ultimately, we the did kind of allude to that earlier. But... Yeah, and so essentially, the idea about Battle Bowl, and this is just kind of the, the to give the grand idea. Battle Bowl is going to be our WrestleMania. It is always going to be hosted as close to Labor Day weekend as possible. And Battle Bowl, the concept for that, we're not going to talk about the match, but we're going to talk about the plan, is to basically tie up any loose ends storyline-wise that were incomplete from previous series. So if a feud was not finished in the Road to Battle Bowl, a character that has been gone for a little while that has a problem with another character, that's their opportunity to come back and follow that feud and for finish matter, it out at Battle Bowl. And for that matter, we could even tie up, you know, if there's a storyline that didn't get resolved in succession, we might be able to tie that up at Battle Bowl. Right, and if a storyline isn't, isn't completed at Summertime Brews, or isn't completed at Krampus Night, okay? These, the whole idea is that when we end our series at Battle Bowl, when we end our year, most of the threads have been tied up so that we're starting fresh with the next year, except we do now have the knowledge of who the number one contender for the World Heavyweight title is. That is the plan kind of going forward. Now, as we start and talk and we do more of these Road to series, we will talk about kind of the themes and the plans for the A-plot of every single series. Now, 
that is a lot of it as far as from year to year it's going to be the same kind of plot so that people will have this expectation okay it's going to be more about the execution and the players in the role and also what really changes is going to be the b and c plot because just like the original concept of the big four we all know every year that the royal rumble is going to be an interesting match to watch in the past we've all known that classic survivor series was an opportunity to see matchups that we wouldn't necessarily see because you were taking people from across the card and placing them in a match okay we all know that Halloween Havoc was typically the time and place where the craziest concepts and matches would come up. And we all know that WrestleMania was both the beginning and the end of the next season. This is what we're attempting to emulate with our return. That we have these big four events that we're doing 13 episodes leading to each event and then we move forward to the next plot and this is what's going to make things different a little more interesting a little more content driven very much story based driven than what's being done in a number of other feds it's something that we're experimenting with and we hope that people will take this idea and be willing to join us on this adventure. One last thing, because we are terming this as an experiment, I, I think it's safe to say that we might have to adjust certain aspects of this as time goes on, and, and we'll Absolutely. see how this experiment pans out. But both Gary and I have put a lot of thought into these concepts we've had a lot of conversations about this off stream off podcast in real life trying to figure out how we can bring this back and make it work for our lives and our schedules while at the same time keeping with the spirit of what the purpose of the worldwide wrestling network was in the first place which was an opportunity for us to showcase our creative endeavor while working with other people to showcase their own creative endeavors. And that is ultimately what we are looking to do, to drop people into this deep world and see how these characters react within the universe of the World Wide Wrestling Network. And with that, we will see you guys as far as digital wrestling back in June. And we hope to also see a lot of characters on the road to succession. With that, ladies and gentlemen, this is Isaac Davenport. Gary Hamrick. Saying stay safe. And stay This has been Project WWWN. Thank you for listening. We hope that this episode has been informative and entertaining. Get in contact with us, please go to willow.link slash at project www.win. That is 
wlo.link forward slash at project www.in. If you are interested in being a guest on a Building Legends episode, click that Building Legends guest form, answer the questions, and submit, and we will be in contact with you to set up an interview. If you like what we are doing, please follow us on Spotify and Twitter. And most importantly, tell your friends in the call community and let them know that Project WWWN is worth a listen. As we end our show, let us remind everyone of the wisest words in the world given to us by Don Callis, also known as Lord Cyrus of Moldova. Stay safe. And stay over.